It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. All right, Ricey and Mackey, we're at the plaza. We're outside. We're waiting for the sun to drift a little more west. So we're uh, stopped freezing to death here in this breeze. Boy, the shade and the sun makes a little difference yeah, this time sun, of year, doesn't it? When the sun comes, will it go away again? I think so eventually, and then it might not be back for a while. Gentlemen, but, uh, the sun is symbolism today. It's symbolism it for Minnesota sports. And yes. I'll tell you what, I'm excited. Oh, how can you not be? First ever playoff game for the NSC Stars up at uh, Blaine today. Oh, yeah. yeah. National Sports Center. Plenty of t- I hear there are, if you get up there right now, you'll be able to get a ticket, I hear. But the, uh, you know, the, the Twin Cities is in a lather over the Stars' first playoff game. I'm sure they are. Hey, how much column space is Mike Russo going to have in the Star Tribune tomorrow for the wild Don't preseason worry, stuff? he'll make some. Okay. He'll make some. He's in Finland. They might have a little trouble getting their usual uh, publicity for a season opener. Randy Moss is a Viking. Childress is going to talk about it. Uh, they sent out a statement. Childers is going to talk about it around 2.30, and Moss will be here tomorrow to have his first media appearance. Uh, I don't know if they'll schedule it for 5.07 or right next to the uh, Twins opener, <laughs> Knowing the Vikings, that's what they, they might. Uh, but, uh, you know, he'll probably be there noon tomorrow. They're going to fly him in tonight, right? He's got enough old acquaintances in town. He might want to get in here as quick as well, he can. Are they going to send three teammates to pick him up in uh, uh, Boston? Yeah, those, those maybe three. Maybe not teammates. Maybe former teammates. Yeah, yeah actually, I think, to, I think maybe Jake, the traffic cop that Jake he Jake Reed, Matthew Hatchett, and Michael <laughs> Bennett are on the way, and Michael Bennett's blue uh, Hummer. I've heard that he's going to wear number 84. It's not a question. I would imagine. So, Lo- is Logan, uh, Logan Payne, Payne has to give it up. Huh? I wonder if Logan Payne gets anything for that. I wonder, maybe uh, he yeah, gets, he doesn't get cut you think from the he, practice yeah. Do you think he gets a check for that or just straight cash, Straight homie? cash, homie. You okay. beat me to it. I was waiting for a How chance. About, uh, what do you think, <laughs> Good Hank, work. You know, What do you think Hank Baskett's long-term employment opportunities going to be? Well, at least until well, they have an, Rice comes back. They've right? got a roster spot. Yeah, until yeah. Rice comes back. They traded Jamie Mitchell, and so they don't have to clear any roster room. No, but I'm saying uh, they're not going to have him hanging around not doing anything. Maybe the, maybe we can at least have Kendra hang around. Well, anyway, uh, Randy Moss back. You never thought you'd hear that. Never thought he'd say that. Viking fans, very happy. Viking fans had uh, the hardcores had a, uh, an affinity for this guy that never really, you know, he could do anything he wanted. Uh, you know, he could moon the Packer fans and he could, not run routes and he could leave the field the fans never they always loved him it's uh it was an amazing thing i mean hell four years later after he was traded you'd walk into before adrian peterson became prominent you'd walk into the metrodome and there'd be more randy moss jerseys than anybody it still is and don't you guys think that well no you got the fours and the 28s now fans were mad that moss was traded five years ago but i think fans understood 
the franchise was was had basically hit a dead end at that point. They weren't spending any money. The, the ownership was changing hands, and it was just time for Moss to move on with all the off-the-field stuff. It was time to move on, but fans have always fantasized about this day where he winds up coming back to finish his career, and we don't know if he's going to do that. Well, my point, Pat, was there's still plenty of Moss jerseys out there every Sunday. I mean, they, Oh, there they, are. Yeah, yeah there but, are. But, you know, I think this team is analogous to a soap opera. I've always thought that. And think of all the stupid plot lines there are in, in soap operas where characters get killed off and they come back. <laughs> the Vikings continue to top those cheesy storylines. It's amazing. Oh, it it's is, ridiculous. Uh, I looked it up, by the way. I was going through some old stuff today. I stopped at the Star Tribune. Uh, the Vikings saved $36.5 million. That's what was due Moss. Uh, when Red traded him in uh, 2005. Uh, so uh, that was, you know, people uh, could never figure out why uh, they traded him. Well, Red wasn't 100% sure he was going to get his price for the Vikings, and he didn't want him on the books. It was it was strictly a money deal. Ziggy Wilf is the best owner in the NFL. Jared Allen, Brett Favre, he went after Vincent Jackson hard. They offered a second-round pick for Vincent. No, he, didn't, he got Hutchinson. Hutchinson. Hutchinson yeah. And you know what? Bernard Berrien at the time, they needed a wide receiver. They needed a deep threat. It sort of fizzled the last two years. But is there another owner in the NFL who will do this much for his team to go out just to win a championship when you're not making nearly as much money off the Vikings or the stadium as 29 other teams? I don't really. I think he feels that. One of two things: he'll either get a stadium if he wins big, or he'll have an even more attractive product. But you know, Favre and Moss could both be uh, 12 more weeks and see you later. Well, and Corey brought it up just a half hour before the show. This is why this season, no matter what happens, this season is going to be a dream to follow because you have two guys with Favre and Moss who are train wrecks waiting to happen, or a Super Bowl championship waiting to happen. It, it could or literally anything go. in between. And it's works. not, you know, it's not like they're they're blowing the the family fortune. He's costing them four and a half mil for the rest of the year, and that's and a reasonable a, price. That's a big amount of money, but it gives them a chance to go to the Super Bowl. And now, will they have to resign him to a multi-year extension? He well, didn't do it prior to the trade, but they were talking about maybe. Uh, something in the next couple of days, because otherwise, why? If you're Randy, why would you? Do you know, it? if if I'm the Vikings, I don't commit to that right now, unless yeah, unless but, unless but you think I, he's going to put up a fuss all season because he doesn't yeah. have a contract. But I don't think that's going to be the case, though. We'll find out. He'll have to be happy. Be I'm sure he was the happiest he ever was back here because he was more of a hero than a, here than any other place. And you know, in New England, he was one of the boys. Tom Brady was always Tom Brady's outfit. Of course, here it's Favre's outfit, but uh, wait a minute, I thought it was Childress's. It'll be a co-star. <laughs> There'll be one and one A. I read a story today that said Brett Favre brought him in. Think about that. This is totally his team. Wait, Brett Favre brought Randy Moss. Yeah, in? Brett Brett Favre's latest yeah, addition. I, I well, he's always wanted Moss. Yeah, I saw something in the clips of '98. Buzz Cook was his original agent. And really? when did when did he change agents? Well, he had those two lawyers, you know, who had to get him out of all his trouble in West Virginia, and are. And uh, and they, I think, ended up representing him. I'm not DiTrapio or something. Dante like DiTrapio. I think he's that still was, their guy, uh, right? Denny's guy, too, wasn't it? No, yeah. Denny had uh, the lawyer. Dante DiTrapio. Yes. We better take a break. Chip uh, Scoggins is going to be with us from Winter Park. Tell us what the scene is like. Childress uh, sent out a statement. The Vikings confirmed the trade. And then uh, Childress is going to talk about 2.30. Hey, you, you should mention where we are right now so people I, can come uh, bring us some I did. food. We're at the plaza. 
uh, right uh, outside gate 29 at uh, Target Field. The crowd is not yet queuing up for the no. uh, game that starts in seven hours and 15 minutes, but uh, another one of those days in Minnesota sports. Okay, guys, I'm trying to remember. Did Farb show up the same day Tommy hit the home run? Or did Favre have his press conference I the think, same day Tommy hit I the think, home run? I think that was the same day. It was either the same day or Tommy hit the home run the day after. But I'm pretty sure it was the same day. I think that maybe it was the day that Favre had the press conference. You know, but he, uh, we've had two rather uh, gigantic days in Minnesota sports here within about a two-month period. And if you go back about a year ago, in fact, maybe exactly a year ago, you had that 48-hour period where it was game 163 against the Tigers. And then you had Farr playing the Packers at the Metrodome on Monday night. So we've had some pretty good sports moments here in the last. That is true. Year. We'll be back. Chip Scoggins from the Minneapolis Star Tribune, who never had the privilege of covering Randy Moss. But he's now going to get that opportunity. And it's a rare treat, I'll tell you. We'll be back with Ricey and Mackey. Collect points and grab prizes in the prize vault at 1500ESPN.com. Today's listen and win code, surprise, surprise, it's MOSS. Enter it correctly in the prize vault to get your 2,500 points and get rewarded for listening. Check out the prize vault at 1500ESPN.com. All right, Ricey and Mackey, we're at the Target Field Plaza. And uh, we're at the McDonald's Mobile Press Box. And is that a Randy Moss fan honking his horn in celebration? It looks like a car alarm. Or is that a car alarm? Car. That There's went people off. in there. I want to go talk to them, I think. That's, uh, you know, the back is, uh, I think that's our car, as a matter of fact, there, uh, gentlemen. It's beeping here, or is it one down there? This is really chaotic right now. Uh, yes, it is. All right, do we have a uh, chip yet? Did we? Chip Scoggins. Oh, are you in for a treat, baby? Hello, Chip. Yeah, we got you. Are you there? Is that the horn uh, sounding Moss's arrival? I think it is. Uh, we were very hopeful that perhaps in the next hour and a half this idiot will turn it off, but I'm not sure. <laughs> s s say, uh, you've never had the privilege of covering this lad. This will be my first experience. Uh, I have had all the stories passed on by uh, Judd and Seifert. Uh, so, but I, I'm looking forward to it, and uh, I, I tell you, when you walk in that locker room, and Seifert pointed out this on his blog, there's what, the potential for possibly six Hall of Famers in that locker room right now? Well, Moss is a cinch, Farm is a cinch, Steve what? Hutchinson is a cinch, who else, Kevin uh, Williams he, has got a chance? He speculated uh, Favre, Peterson, Hutch, Steve Hutchinson, Jared Allen, Randy Moss and possibly Kevin Williams. Kevin Williams. If you project their career out yeah. a little bit longer. Well, three of them are locks. Steve Hutchinson's in. Did you say Antoine yeah. Winfield? Eh, I don't think he has enough interceptions. I don't think he'll ever make it. Style points. But anyway, uh, yeah, these guys, uh, they never stop making news. Well, that's the thing. I mean, uh, I did a chat on our website last week, and a lot of people were asking uh, is Randy Moss a possibility because he is obviously complaining about his contract situation there. And, you know, I said no chance. I just didn't think there was any way that the Patriots would unload a guy of his caliber during the middle of the season. And I didn't think the Vikings would be willing to uh, go down that path again. But I guess you never say never in this league, and uh, particularly if you cover this team, because I've said it a lot, 
there are never normal days at Winter Park. There's just different levels of uh, craziness. <laughs> Everybody's uh, speculating now, all the national folks, that perhaps Belichick's going to go get Vincent Jackson. Why would the San Diego Chargers, who think they have a chance to go to the Super Bowl, even without Vincent Jackson, make that trade? Yeah, I wouldn't. Uh, I can't see that happening. Um if he sat on him this long, you're just going to go ahead and sit on the rest of the season, right, and get your compensatory pick. So uh, I'm a little bit surprised that Belichick did it. I know it's his way or the highway, and that's kind of how he's operated and always has been, uh, and no player is bigger than, than his uh, program. But who are the receivers now outside of Welker? And well, I what, have what them for you. I have them. Draw now that Moss is not uh, attracting all that tension down the field. I have them for you. Brandon Tate, a second-year receiver. He's supposed to be their speed guy. Wes Welker, of course. Uh, Julian Edelman is the third option. He, I think, is a guy off some about three different practice squads. Taylor Price, a third-round draft choice who has been inactive for the first four games, will probably be active. But here's what I found out looking at uh, Mike Reese's uh, blog on ESPN. The Patriots have run 90 of their 248 snaps with three receivers or more, and they've run 160 out of 248 with uh, two tight ends or more, so they're, they've become real tight end conscious, so maybe he thinks he can get by without Moss. Yeah, I mean, obviously those numbers uh, are telling and that they're, they're having a shift in the way their offense is going to be run, but wow, just to... Uh, to give up a Randy Moss-type uh, talent, and even though I think he has nine catches this year and he didn't, uh, they really didn't even look to him at all in that Monday night game, um, or the Sunday night game, you still, he, he's a threat, and he's a, he's a guy that defenses have to prepare for and, and uh, game plan for, so when you take him out of the mix, I don't think anyone would say that that offense is even close to being as uh, – explosive or dangerous or hard to prepare for chip i, th I think the just the the, his the history of randy moss potentially being pouty or 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 not trying or taking plays off it definitely has its own storyline but i don't remember who said the quote there's only one player in the nfl more dangerous than randy moss and that's randy moss when he has something to prove yeah uh, uh i had a little bit uh, trouble hearing you there but yeah and, and don't forget uh, the Vikings, I thought when this thing was going down because Randy wanted uh, an extension and uh, New England didn't get it, that maybe that's what the Vikings were going to have to do is, is sign him to a uh, multi-year deal and give him a big guarantee. But So basically this is a contract year for him, and you know he uh, doesn't want to hang him up after this year. So he's he's playing for a contract, and he's putting on a show, and basically he's a rental player for him. So uh, he's a guy that has a lot to play for. He has a quarterback that I think he's probably always wanted to play with and Favre and, and vice versa. We've, we've seen those stories the last couple of weeks. And let's face it, he's coming to a team where you have Adrian Peterson, and that's the dilemma now. If you're a defensive coordinator, I, I think you still have to game plan for Peterson and, and commit extra guys because you can't allow him to go crazy. But Moss is still such a factor down the field that he can still run by guys, and we saw it against the Jets a couple of weeks ago. Uh, so it's going to be a – a dilemma for defensive coordinators, which which way you go there. Uh, I went back and looked at the 1998 coming out party that took place in Green Bay on October 5th, night, uh, 1998, the Monday night game. He had Robert Smith as his running back then, of course, and he had Jake Reed and Chris Carter, both as other wide receivers. 
But uh, that night, when he won, the first night he had something to prove, he caught uh, five passes for 190 yards and two touchdowns. Where's the numbers? Or two touchdowns. He had one nullified that was about a 70-yarder. And uh, I think he had five, four of those catches were like more than 35 yards. So uh, I would say the uh, the Patriots are going to have hell to pay on Halloween. <laughs> yeah, well, that, he, you know he's going to want to put on a show Monday night, big stage, going against the Jets. He's already faced them. Uh, first game back. Uh, what do you guys think the odds are? The first play, the Vikings line up a bomb to Moss down the sideline. Oh, one hundred percent. Except Daryl Revis will be covered. <laughs> so it'll, that's uh, one thing about it. I'm more, uh, I would be, the Patriots should be the team that's really nervous, I would think, because they have a mediocre secondary. They don't have Daryl Rivas to run with him. Yeah, and here's the thing, guys. We, we know Childress and Brett Favre kind of butted heads last year over the offense and how it should be run and play calling and changing plays and all that. You add Randy Moss to the mix. I mean, these guys are going to be drawing plays in the dirt, right? I mean, it's going to be, hey, Randy, you know, do this, do that. I wonder how Childress is going to handle this whole dynamic because Favre, uh, there's a story in the National Football Post a couple weeks ago about how upset he was with the Packers on two different occasions when they didn't uh, were unable to, to get Moss in there. And so now he has Moss, and i, I got to think he has his own ideas of how he wants to use Moss. And so uh, it'll be interesting to see that dynamic, whether they're just kind of freelancing and, and uh, doing things on their own there when, uh, now that they're finally uh, teammates. Chip Scoggins from the Star Tribune is with us. Hey, one of the uh, things, of course, we all wonder now, is this completely out of uh, Coach Childress's hands? Are these things being done by Ziggy because he thinks it'll get him a stadium, get him to the Super Bowl? I wonder if the coach is involved in any of this. Well, I, I think there's all that tied into to stadium. I mean, we've heard this phrase so many times, all in. And I think it's all in for the Super Bowl, and I think it's all in for that stadium push. And, uh, they're kind of at a crossroads with that thing right now, and so they're they're basically. I think this thing's all encompassing. It's kind of global, and uh, Ziggy's made no bones about it that he's going to do whatever it takes. And you know what? Uh, owners around in every league around the country get uh, criticized when when fans don't think they're doing enough to build a championship team. And I I just don't think you can say that with the Will family because you look at what they've done since they've taken over. They will go out and spend money and to get players in there if they think it's going to help them uh, become a better team. And I do think the offshoot is they see this uh, stadium push at, at a real crossroads here, and they're making a hard hard push for it. Hey, I found those numbers. The Vikings go into Lambeau. They're both 4-0. and The Packers are coming off two straight Super Bowls, mm-hmm. right? They're, yep. And the Packers were solid favorites. Randall Cunningham, 20 for 32 for 442 yards and four touchdowns in a 37-24 Vikings win. Cunningham completed passes of 52, 44, 41, and 46 to Moss, 56 to Reed for a touchdown, and 33 to Carter for a touchdown. Yowza, look out, Patriots. Here he comes. (laughs) Yeah, that... that, uh... That is going to be a fun Halloween game up there. And, <laughs> and you know, I, I, I do think this uh, one offshoot of this deal is, I, I think it does speak to the uncertainty of when Sidney Rice is going to be back. Now, I know he's eligible to come off the, the reserve pup. I believe the date is October 19th. That would be the six weeks. There's no way he's coming off here. There's no way he's going to be ready. We, I talked to him Monday in the locker room, 
he still can only put like 20 pounds of pressure on his leg. He's hoping to get off the crutches next Monday, but he has miles to go before he's going to be in football shape. He's not going to put down the crutches and start running routes. So he has a long, long ways to go, and I just don't think they could, with where their passing game was, I don't think they could afford to wait on him, particularly when you look at this next stretch of games where if you don't have a passing game, you could fall into a real deep hole. They give Randy Moss a, a three-year, $28 million contract. Sidney Rice won't be healthy until uh, next January <laughs> or February. Say yeah, uh, one more and thing before you leave, Chip. What's that, uh, Pat? Uh, one more thing before you leave. Have you had yeah, an yeah. opportunity to analyze the uh, NSC Minnesota Stars' chances tonight in their first playoff soccer game ever up in blank? <laughs> Did you know? When I went to high school in Tennessee, that soccer was not even a sport. So that's going to tell you. Uh, Chip, you might my, argue my, that it's still a sport, buddy. Yeah. On uh, soccer. But I do coach it. I have helped coach it, uh, my kids' soccer. Uh, I didn't know the positions. I didn't know the rules. But I just kind of kept them from uh, bunching up together. So that's, that's my soccer. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Have, right, a good, Thanks, uh, have a good life covering these guys. Unbelievable. By the way, you know Lavelle of a. a Fancies himself as this big soccer fan. Yeah. So the Twins are starting the playoffs tonight against the Yankees, right? A lot of expectations at Target Field. I think the Star Tribune should have told about, why don't you cover that playoff game up there in Blaine? We'll see how much of a soccer fan you really right, are. Right, exactly. What do you think? That That's, would have been good. So you're saying he's fraudulent for covering the ALDS? Oh, of course he is. He's a, he's an absolute, uh, this this whole soccer thing is just an intention grab. That's all it is. All right, we'll be back. Ricey and Mackey, we're going to have Ron Coomer. But first, we'll have a Johnny Hyde sports update when we get back. John Hyde with a 1500 ESPN Twin City Sports Update brought to you by LexusOfYZeta.com. It's sunny and 68 degrees. Both the Twins and Yankees looking to snap slumps that tainted the final weeks of their respective seasons when the ALDS opens tonight here at Target Field. Twins finish 2010 by losing eight of their last ten, but first baseman Michael Kadire says that slide will not continue. We didn't play very well. Um, after we clinched, obviously, but we were also giving guys breaks and things. But it's hard to keep that intensity up the same level. Come Wednesday night, come first pitch, it, the, you're going to have that intensity back. Yankees dropped 17 of their last 26 games for the season. New York had the second-best record in the American League at 95-67. and 67. Twins finished a game behind 94-68. and 68. Manager, Ron, uh, Manager Ron Gardenhire's lineup for tonight's game. Center fielder Denard Spann leads off. Orlando Hudson playing second, batting second. Catcher Joe Maurer hits third. Delman Young hits cleanup. Jim Tomey's the DH hits number five. First baseman Kadire takes the sixth spot. They'll be followed by right fielder Jason Kubel, third baseman Danny Valencia, and shortstop J.J. Hardy. Two other major league uh, playoff games will be played today. Texas is at Tampa Bay for a game that gets underway this hour. Rays won the season series with the Rangers four games to two. Cincinnati is in Philly later this afternoon for today's NLDS matchup. The Phillies won that season series five, game, uh, five games to two. Atlanta travels to San Francisco tomorrow night for game one of the other NLDS. The Braves edge of the Giants, four games to three in that season series. And Randy Moss's football career has come full circle. Vikings have reacquired their 1988 first-round draft choice. In exchange for Moss, ESPN reporting the Vikings have sent a 2011 third-round draft pick to New England, and the Vikings will get the Patriots' seventh-round draft choice in 2012. Moss in the final year of a three-year, $27 million contract. The Patriots gave no indication they intended to give him an extension. Five Eyewitness News weather forecast. Beautiful baseball playoff weather. 70 today, 48 overnight tonight. Tomorrow, sunshine. Another nice one with the high. 
of 73. This hour, we do have 68 degrees. What a great deal on Lexus's most popular SUV, the RX350. Lexus has just announced a special program on all remaining 2010 inventory. Lexus of Wyzetta.com. That's your update at 1500 ESPN Twin Cities. Today's Talking Twins is brought to you by Ryan Chevrolet. Rod Coomer is Talking Twins with us. Uh, thank you, sir, for being with us. No problem, Patrick. And uh, your two teams, your two favorite teams, the only two teams that have ever had you playing an old-timers game, right? <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Didn't you? You did play in the Yankees old-timers game, didn't you? Didn't I hear that? No, I... Oh. Uh... When Shots. you only play one year there and you didn't win a World Series, I don't think uh, I quite qualify. What about that. the Cubs old-timer game? <laughs> well, I would qualify there because we didn't win a World Series there, obviously, but then again, nobody else has. So, That's true. You know, <laughs> I might qualify for that one, but as far as I know, the Cubs do not do um, some kind of Legends game or old-timers game. The way they were drawn the last six weeks, they might have to start breaking that stuff out, man. <laughs> well, when you... you you know, they just have major issues. You talk about their manager kind of chucking out, it seemed like, with Lou and the way the, the effort looked like. I was at one of the games later in the season, and just the effort didn't look there. And, you know, it, it's a bad situation right now on the north side, that's for sure. Hey, Ron, uh, what do you see? Uh, the Twins lost their last eight playoff games in the Metrodome, mostly because uh, Oakland sneaked up on them, and the other games they were playing a better team. But uh, do, you, do you see this place helping them, Target Field? Yeah, I do. I, I think uh, the Target Field is definitely he has some home field advantage, especially for our pitchers, Pat. I think when you look at our starting pitchers, their record at home has been pretty incredible. And – when you, when you hear Maurer, Morneau, Kubel, everybody talking about the ballpark and not enjoying hitting there as much as, as they like hitting on the road, all of a sudden, if some of the best players in the game are complaining about hitting in their home ballpark, that means it's good for the pitchers, and I think that's where the home field advantage really lies is our starting pitchers enjoy pitching there. Toronto made it look small, but uh, that's just the way they play. They just play softball. Well, they, they come, they're a little different ball club than anybody else we've faced all year. Uh, Murphy has them swinging and kind of their hitting philosophy of, you know, let's take our three strikes and, and do the best we can do to try to hit one 400 feet. And if three or four guys do that a game, we've got a good chance of winning. And, you know, they've got the players that they can do that with. So, yeah, it did make our park seem a little smaller than, than normal, but... I don't think anybody other any other team is going to be, you know, hit a bunch of home runs in the park unless they pull the ball uh, pretty consistently. Hey, Ron, uh, what's your read on Lariano? He's an interesting cat because uh, facially he's very much stoic, but there's got to be a lot of stuff going on inside with him. He's, uh, you know, he can uh, lose it in a hurry. He can get sailing and absolutely be in control of things. He's sort of a mystery going into tonight. He's one of those guys that you're you look at and and I would agree. You just don't know what's going on in there, but you know there's a lot going on. Um, the Rocky series when he pitched um, against Jimenez, he didn't throw the ball real well, and he was over pumped and just couldn't get you know his emotions under control. Um, tonight, I'm sure that's going to be the same case. He's going to be 
you know, the emotions of playing in a playoff game, you know, are, are as high as you're going to ever get. So I think the big key tonight is watching the first inning or so. Ron, I've got to throw his, go ahead. What's that? No, go ahead. Continue. If he's able to throw his fastball for a strike, that's where you'll see. If he can throw strikes early in the count to the Yankee hitters with his fastball, then he could have a really good night. If he can't because they're so patient and, he, and you know, they, they wait him out, then it could be a real short night for Frankie. And really, we've seen all year, if he gets through the first couple innings, there's been times where he'll give up two or three in the first or second inning and then settle down in the middle innings. And if he can just get through, and that's a big if against this line, if he can just get through an inning or two, he should be fine and he should be calmed down. I think this series is going to come down to bullpens from both sides. I mean, Andy Pettit's just coming off the DL a couple starts ago. Phil Hughes hasn't thrown seven innings since July 9th. And the Twins, with that six-man bullpen bridge, aren't going to be afraid to go to that in the sixth inning early. So I think you're going to see a lot of these games decided between the sixth and ninth innings. It could be. It very well could be. Um, for the Twins' sake, you hope you, for both teams, neither team wants that to be the case. They want their starting pitchers to do their job and, and pitch a little deeper into the ball game. But, you know, you just never know. The Yankees are great at with their patience of, of forcing starting pitchers to throw a lot of pitches, and then it gets to the bullpen, and usually that's a weakness of most teams. You know, the one thing about the Twins and what they've done here as of late is they've, they have shored up their bullpen, and they've got some guys that can, that can throw. So we'll see. We'll definitely see how, uh, how things are going. Yeah, the Yanks uh, are a uh, minus 180 in the uh, in the betting. So the public still, even though the Yanks didn't play great down the stretch, they have some uh, some uh, pitching problems. The, uh, the the betters still like them, and uh, the gamblers are usually pretty close to right. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, Patrick. No, no. Never, <laughs> you know, on the south side of Chicago, there's never any gambling going on at all. But <laughs> we'll see what happens. I, I think. Frankie's going to, you know, have to throw his game. And, you know, the, the guys that I'm, I'm really interested that I think help us are some of our veteran players. You're looking at, you know, up the middle, we got two new veteran players that are playing the middle infield. you got Jim Tomey, who brings another guy to, you know, that has gone through all these battles many, many times. And I really think those are the few guys that can really help this club win against New York. Do you uh, feel like uh, this is a, uh, as good a Yankee club as they were playing last year? Or do you see some? Do you see age maybe slowing some of them down a little bit? I definitely think this is not the same club that they had last year. You know, pitching wise, you got Sabathia, but Pettit has been hurt most of the year on and off. Uh, Hughes, like like Phil said, hasn't, hasn't thrown you know deep into a game since July. And when do you see? Yankee teams that after their starting first starter, they've got issues with the rotation. You've never seen that before. So to me, when you look at that, and, you know, they signed Burnett to a big deal, and heck, he's not even going to be in the rotation. So there's definitely some chinks in the armor in New York. And, and, I, and I also think people are, when they talk about, at least nationally anyways, the Twins being owned by the Yankees and, and the perception that they have a psychological hill to climb up well J.J. Hardy wasn't on those teams Orlando Hudson wasn't on those teams Jim Tomey Matt Caps. now Brian Fuentes has struggled against the Yankees in postseasons past but he wasn't a part of these twins teams it's a whole new set of characters here and so you can't really hang your hat on what happened in 03 or 04 
or even last year for that matter against the Yankees. It's a new club. Yeah, I I agree. There's no doubt about it. You think Jim Tomey cares what the record was like three and four and five years ago? Exactly. Against New York, he could care less. He's he's there to try to hit one off a flagpole again, and that's the bottom line. So, yeah, it's a different ball club, and I think the Twins, the Twins have as good a chance as anybody to dethroning New York. Hey, Ron, you spent that year with the Yankees. How much different is being a Yankee than anything else as far as the organization, the pressure to win, the whole, uh, you know, you, everywhere you walk, you run into a, some replica of a, of a Hall of Famer. It's, it's got to be a different situation. It is. Um, the pressure of the window, Patrick, I think was probably, of all the things, that was the best thing of all because there was no – there was no BS. It was, it was one goal, and that was it, and that was to win the World Series, and that's all we were trying to do. And if you came up short of that, the season wasn't a success. So to me as an athlete, you, you know, they gave you everything in the world to try to get that accomplished. So, you know, it, it, was, a, it was fun. The other thing, as you know, you and I have talked about tradition and baseball and with your book and just things like that always – Intrigued me. I always loved history and history of our game. And you know, is there was there ever a better place than Old Yankee Stadium for that? So I, I loved being there. It was it was a great year to, to play um, for me and Paula in New York. I was there uh, 1976 when they reopened the place, and uh, mm-hmm. the Twins were there. I was the beat guy, and you know, they ripped it down in '74 and '75 and rebuilt it. Right. And uh, they had uh, sort of the commemoration ceremony. They had uh, Red Grange was there, and Jack Dempsey was there, and Joe Lewis was there, and the Widows were there, and DiMaggio was there, and uh, Mantle was uh, still around. He was there. It was uh, when the Yankees want to put on a ceremony, there's nothing quite like it. Well, it, it really isn't. I, I, got to the ballpark early in 02 Giambi, Robin, and Turner and I we kind of hung out together and and we got there early for the old timers game and you know I got a chance to talk to Whitey Ford and you know and Yogi and all those guys and you just and then you see a guy like Joe Pepitone who you know he could fit in any one of the <laughs> Soprano movies and he came in and you just it was just classic and to be a part of that, even for one year, was a lot of fun. Ron, what's your gut, man? Are you are you are you feeling twins in three or four? <laughs> I think it's gonna. I think for us to win, I think we're probably looking at a five-game series, and yeah. I, I do like our chances. I think, you know, the the icing on the cake was the good old New York. I think it was the Post with the uh, with their prediction of an easy easy trip through Minnesota, and I think this is the one year that we've got enough enough firepower and enough veteran presence to overcome the the, the uh, evil empire. And, uh, of course, everyone <laughs> in the world, Ron, is discovering that when you get to October in Minnesota, you're in paradise, baby, sunshine and 70 degrees. What a country. I'm looking out <laughs> at my golf course right now, and the trees are changing. I could be playing golf right now instead of talking to you guys, but that's okay. You know, but we have, we're going to have a great week of, of weather for baseball. Hopefully it gets a little cooler at night, and some of our guys will have a little more of an advantage, but uh, yeah, we're going to have some beautiful weather. Ballpark's going to look beautiful in the fall, won't it? Thank you, sir. Thanks, Ron. Absolutely, guys. Ron See you at the Coomer. park. Ron Coomer, FSN, and uh, we'll be back with uh, Ricey and Mackey. We're at the plaza uh, at Target Field. 
Hey, listen up this afternoon at 420. You can get for half price a $50 gift certificate for Joseph's Grill for only 25 bucks. Get a sneak peek right now at 1500ESPN.com, keyword GL Deals. Uh, one of my favorite Randy Moss moments, and there were many when he was with the Vikings, was when they gave him the new contract in 2001. Remember yeah. that? Yeah. July 28th, and his explanation for the $18 million signing bonus. Uh, Randy, how important was it for you to get the highest signing bonus in the NFL? Moss, I think it mattered. I don't think the $18 million really mattered. And then he explained why 18 seemed like the right number to him. I told my agent about the number I came into the league with, and the number was 18. <laughs> I felt comfortable with 18. <laughs> 17 would have been, you know, 17 and a half, whatever. I just told Dante to make it, in, meaning his agent, to make it an even 18, just for the fact that 18 was the number I came into the league with. That was really the significance behind it. So I went and looked it up. When he was first in camp, they had a guy named Tony Bland who was wearing 18 in camp. So he started off with 18. And I was saying, uh, you know, it was a good thing that he didn't get 84 right yeah, away. Right, exactly. right? It would have cost Red some money. That, huh? so, that sounds nothing like my <laughs> negotiations with 1500 ESPN. I don't think Tony Bland ever got 18. 18 you know? no. yeah. uh, I just, uh, you know, I just, he, I remember him. He was babbling. We were all looking at each other. Like, right. What planet is this guy from? That explains a lot about Bernard Berrien's contract, I too, than I suppose. My favorite Randy Moss story was when Joe Anderson was looking for an interview, and I think he told this with you, Pat, mm-hmm. when he was on. Uh, and Randy wanted uh, – he, he would have done the interview if, <laughs> if, if Joe would have performed Joe an oral done something that yeah. he was not really uh, what year comfortable is this? with. Is this later on in his tenure? 99 or 2000? Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He was uh, he was an interesting uh, dude. As I, I told the story, uh, I tweeted the, uh, and I've told you guys about when he sticks his head in the press room one day and says, y'all know you're a bunch of uh, gay men, don't you? Except he didn't quite use uh, gay men yeah. as a word. It was every word began with F. So uh, he's, uh, he's a beauty. That's, uh... I've got to think he's mellow, though, don't you? But he, when he gets... When he gets agitated, the same old stuff comes out, though. And he, he basically pouted his way out of there. You know, he I, wasn't. There was no way last week he was running his routes. He didn't catch a ball. They only threw one in his direction. That's not game plan. No. That's that's him not being where he's supposed Giving to be. Giving up. He is. In, in, in two weeks prior, he made that one the one-handed grab in the back uh-huh. of the end zone against Rivas. He is the ultimate front runner. And for a superstar, <laughs> most superstars will lift their team up over a hump during hard times, Randy Moss is the first one to hit the abort mission button. Well, but at the same time, if you compare him with somebody like Favre or Brady, who already has a grasp on things, he, can, he th- that's when the team goes to the next level. But yeah, getting yeah. a front runner for three months is perfect. It, absolutely, Couldn't it be is. better. Look back when he left the Oakland Raiders in 2006. His quarterbacks were Andrew Walter, who threw three touchdowns and 15 interceptions. And Aaron Brooks, the guy yeah. who on the YouTube clip threw the ball backwards against the... the uh, the San Diego Chargers that one game. The Vikings and the Saints set some kind of a ratings record, right? Yeah. Monday night, Jets, Vikings, off the charts because the Jets have got, you know, they got hard knocks, they got wrecks, they got, it's going to be. And uh, they'll break it Halloween night. It's going to be, yeah. Foxborough. It'll be even, but that's an afternoon game, 315, unless they figure out a way to change it. Uh, this is Ricey and Mackey. We're going to be back after 1 o'clock with John Heyman. 
Ricey and Mackey. We're outside at the Target Field Plaza. It is a gorgeous day. What's it going to get to? It's going to have to hit the mid-70s, isn't it? My, uh, Blue as can be. Patrick Hammer, ear, put your earmuffs on. My iPhone forecast tells me mid to low 70s and no clouds. Amazing. John Heyman, uh, Sports Illustrated. How are you doing, sir? How you doing, Patrick? How are you? We're doing good. We're, uh, we're you heard our feelings, sir. We saw your ratings of the playoff teams. <laughs> you you had the Fighting Twinks number eight. Hey, it's got to be a pretty good field if the Twins are number eight, though. Uh, well, the Twins had a great year. Uh, they, they have uh, maybe the best organization in baseball. I know one uh, competing GM said to me they do have the best organization. They've done a terrific job for years. I love the fact they bumped up the payroll. Uh, incredibly high this year, higher than the Dodgers, higher than the Cardinals, higher than a lot of teams that are historically higher than them. And, you know, losing Nathan, losing Morneau, and still having basically the best record in the league, uh, it's amazing. I think they've done a terrific job. Um, but, yeah, I did put them eight. Uh, sorry about that. I do get a lot of emails. I will say that uh, <laughs> the Twins fans are among the most uh, sensitive, energetic, vocal, and uh, and most willing to write back to uh, express their displeasure about my picks. I would say the uh, the reason for you probably would be a lack of faith in this uh, starting rotation. I'm sorry, what did you say, Patrick? Uh, the starting rotation could uh, cause a fella to uh, wonder about the Twins. Yeah, I mean, I think the Twins have a good starting rotation. It's good and solid, but, uh, you know, they don't lack, they lack the C.C. Sabathia, Roy Halladay, uh, star-type uh, pitcher in that rotation. I, you know, they obviously have a very good team. You don't win that many games without having a, a good team. But, uh, you know, I think in a short series, I do think it's an advantage to have a Sabathia. The Yankees have questions uh, as well in their rotation. But to me, the main thing is the history, and I, I understand that they're different teams, but, uh, you know, three times in this decade, uh, the Yankees have beaten the Twins, and I've been around long enough to see this go on for four decades, really, between the Yankees and the Twins. I mean, there are two teams, really, that have really historically in the American League that have struggled with the Yankees that, uh, more than you'd think would be the Twins and the Indians. Now, the Indians haven't been very good lately, but... Uh, even when they were pretty good, they struggled with the Yankees. And, you know, I'm not sure why that is. Maybe this uh, team of twins will be different. Maybe I'll be proven wrong, but I, I think that's uh, a tough matchup for the twins. You know, John, if recollection serves over the past decade or so, this might be the most vulnerable the Yankees' starting rotation is heading into the postseason. And Andy Pettit is the ultimate wild card because if he can go back and start giving you seven solid innings and turn into the Andy Pettit of playoffs past, they're going to be fine. But if he can't, I mean, Phil Hughes hasn't pitched seven innings since July 9th. They're really going to have to lean on that bullpen. Uh, yeah, well, I think their bullpen is, is very good. I mean, they're talking about Rivera's difficulties lately. I mean, you, you know, and that's a guy really not to worry about. Uh, Kerry Wood has certainly helped out the bullpen. Um, Pettit has been the biggest winner in the playoffs in history. Uh, but, of course, there are questions about him coming in with a groin in the back concern. Um, I think they, they pitched him second because uh, they feel if it goes to game five, they'd rather have him than Hughes. Uh, you know, I'm not sure it would have gone that way at this point because Hughes has looked pretty good lately. And I, I know we, we talk about questions with everybody. Because Hughes' second half hasn't been as good as his first half. But over the last few weeks, he's been, he's been pretty good. But I, I think Pettit being left-handed, having that uh, uh, playoff pedigree, uh, they gave him that second 
start because he would also get then game five. I mean, I, I, I've seen different reasons given, but the most obvious one is that he gets two starts instead of one start. That's the biggest difference if it goes to game five. Hey, John, you're not on board with this idiotic idea of adding another wild card, are you? I've been going crazy, and we got Seelig endorsing <laughs> no. it yesterday. I don't know if it's idiotic, but I'm not on board with that one. I guess I'm an old fuddy-duddy. I, I was on board with the first wild card, but uh, I think we, we have enough wild cards at this point. Well, John, you don't have to be a fuddy-duddy to realize <laughs> to realize that the Atlanta weekend, which was one of the great baseball weekends, maybe down there since they you know, won a World Series, Bobby Cox, that Sunday day, what a crazy, uh, wonderful day it was. That wouldn't have happened. He would have already been in the playoffs if they had two wild cards. San Francisco and San Diego, that wouldn't have happened. They would have both been in the playoffs. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I don't I don't want to see him water it down too much. Where, where we have a team like the Yankees, there's zero chance that they won't be in the playoffs. Or, you know, the Red Sox. He basically close to zero chance that they won't be in the playoffs. I want every team to have to fight hard. Uh, I mean, no matter how low you make it, there still could be races. You know, whether you're fighting for the fourth spot or the fifth spot or the sixth spot, I don't think that changes the odds of, a, of there being a race. But I don't want to see a race between a team that's, you know, uh, fifth, sixth, and seventh best records going down to the end. I think we have it watered down in, in perfectly at this point. We don't want to water it anymore. Hey, well, who's your uh, MVP in the American League? I'm uh, going with Josh Hamilton. I think he was the best player in the league, and uh, they were way up when he got hurt. And uh, in June, when they built their lead, I think went 21 and six. Uh, he had like an 880 slugging percentage or something. I mean, I, he's a terrific center fielder. Uh, you know, I'm not holding it against him that he missed a month. Uh, you know, I certainly thought Joe Mauer was the MVP last year. I, I think what everybody but one person probably made. Yeah, me. right. Joe Mauer was the MVP. He missed one month. Obviously. You know, if you're going to miss a month, it's probably better than this April and September. But in this case, I think Texas had it pretty well wrapped up by September anyway. And now this will get my colleague, Mr. Mackey, all stirred up if you don't give the right answer. Who do you like for the Cy Young? The Cy Young in the American League? Yes. I went with uh, Felix Hernandez. Uh, you know, uh, I've listened to the statistical arguments and uh, exceeded on this one and given in. Uh, I felt that he was the best pitcher in the league. I, I do think that there is a case to be made. He was 2-4 and four with a 3.5 ERA at the end of May, and, and that's about when you could declare Seattle out of it. So he was great once they were out of it and pitching in games that were virtually meaningless. But the award is for the best pitcher in the league. So I, I, I do see that he was the best pitcher in the league, and I do support uh, Felix Hernandez. Did I upset him or not? I, John, no, no, you're, you're, uh, no you're, he's a 25-year-old stat head. And by the way, you it's guys like you that are turning the world over to these fellas. They, yeah, they well, now own well, the world. Here's, we, one, here's one that will upset a lot of people over there. I haven't turned over on uh, Burt Blylevin yet. And, oh, uh, no. You know, I understand the statistics, the statistical arguments there. And uh, he certainly is very, very close to Hall of Famer, but I, I still have yet to vote for Burt <laughs> Well, you know, just one last nugget on the, on the Cy Young Award voting. I think sometimes the line is blurred between do we choose a pitcher from a team that's irrelevant or does the fact that that team's irrelevancy um, you know, the, the fact that he's not pitching in big games down the stretch should that factor in I think it factors in a little bit but when you have a guy who's a clear-cut runaway in every single statistical category except for wins and those wins are a direct result of the Mariners scoring half as many runs as the Yankees I mean you have to consider all things and so it's 
you know, I understand the old school argument about 20 wins being that magical number, but ultimately when there's so much information in front of you, Felix had such an amazing season. Yeah, I, I don't know if 20 wins are magical or, or not. I mean, it certainly is impressive to win 20 games, but uh, I do think that award's for the best pitcher. I, the most valuable player, I haven't given it on that one yet. I still think that's a great way a player on a team that's uh, in the playoffs or certainly at least contending. So I didn't agree with A-Rod being the MVP in 2003, and I didn't support Prince Fielder very much last year when he had a great statistical year and they weren't in the race. And uh, when I vote, I vote for generally for players whose teams are in the playoffs and then uh, potentially in contention. But if, it, if we're talking Cy Young, it is for the best pitcher. So I do think Felix was the best pitcher, and I think that's the fair vote. I think he will win, too. I mean, there are a couple of real old-time holdouts who, who won't vote for him. And, uh, you know, I, I do think it was pretty close. So I, I, do think, I do think a case can be made for Sebastian or Price. Uh, but I do think that Felix should get that award. John Heyman, SI.com with us. John, you were the guy that told us Jerry Manuel and Mania were going to get uh, run out of there in New York. Uh, who's going to be the manager? <laughs> well, first we have to find a general manager, and they're in the process of looking right now. I know they have Terry Ryan on their list. I think that's a major, major, major long shot. Uh, not that I know that firsthand, but, uh, you know, he gave up his GM job. He's uh, been a Midwestern his whole life, and uh, I know family's very important to him. And I, don't, I don't think that money will sway him, but uh, not that I, we're in contact every minute, so I, I, I don't know for sure. But, uh, you know, I think Josh Burns, uh, who was in Arizona, Jerry Depoto, who is there now, is their VP of uh, player personnel, our candidates, as is Rick Hahn with the White Sox, Andy Alderson, Jerry Hunsicker, uh, Dan Jennings from the Marlins. <laughs> so they have a list of about seven or eight. John Hart from the MLB Network, which I also work at, uh, are on their list. And uh, they have, a, they have a, a list of 30 in case uh, <laughs> the first six or seven that they call in don't, don't work out. They don't hear what they want to hear. But uh, the names that I gave are mostly names on that first list, on the main list. Uh, as far as who's going to be the manager, uh, it's probably too early to call. Uh, I think the ownership wouldn't mind if the GM preferred, uh, like Wally Backman, but, you know, I don't know if they're going to find a guy who's going to pick Wally Backman or not. So uh, I think it might be too early to call on the manager. All right. Hey, John, one more question. You uh, spent a few years in Milwaukee. How, what? caused all those people to show up for their games this year. They were not a contender after. <laughs> they were not, not a contender. Milwaukee, uh, you know, they have a great nucleus with Fielder and Braun and Weeks and Corey Hart, and there's been a lot of excitement uh, about baseball in Milwaukee. I think uh, Mark Adnazio, a uh, relatively new owner, has done a good job there, and they got in the playoffs a couple years ago. I still think that there's some excitement from the Sabathia playoffs from that trade, and getting in there, and uh, now they've had two off years in a row. So uh, next year, I, I'm not sure it's going to last. But, uh, you know, right now uh, Milwaukee has turned into a baseball town. It's always been a football town, but, you know, they don't have those Packer games in Milwaukee anymore. And maybe maybe that helps them. And plus the Bucks haven't been that great lately. So, uh, you know, there have been a lot of – a number of factors. But uh, I do believe Adnazio being a very, very good owner who's been willing to spend has helped a lot there. Thank you, John. All right, Patrick. All right. Uh, well, probably John will uh, pick up the Twins-Yankees series when he gets to New York. And if we the Twins were to advance to the ALCS, I'm sure he would uh, join us here. You know, I'm proud of John for voting for Felix Hernandez, if nothing else, because he is one of those guys who, if he has an opinion on something that's old school related, it's going to mm -hmm. take a lot of He's the guys. Crying. He's the guys that you've won over. He's in his 40s, you know, late 40s. 
Those are the guys that are going to determine who wins the Cy Young, and the votes are already in. Yeah, it's and it's uh, to me this is uh, watershed. This is this is uh, this, the the young stat fellas taking on us old timers, and the guys in the middle have the votes. But, you know, but the, I, the Joe Christiansons of yeah. the world have the votes. But I would even argue in Felix's case, you don't have to be a sabermetrician. You don't have to be looking at all of the deep sabermetric numbers and the baseball prospectuses and, and the fan graphs. All you have to do is look at strikeouts, ERA, walks, innings pitched, the basics, basically. That sandwich looks amazing, by the it way. It is. It's a little crab salad sandwich from the Monte Carlo. We, uh, we've been, uh, we've been uh, taken care of here. Uh, we uh, shall return with what? Want to talk about some baseball, some Twins baseball, perhaps? Yes, and then at 135, excitement reigns. Vasanti Shanko will be with us. John Height's going to give us a baseball scoreboard. Oh, that's right, yeah. Johnny. What's happening with that first Tampa Bay-Texas game? Uh, Texas has jumped off to a one to nothing lead. Tampa Bay had the bases loaded in the bottom of the first with one out, and then uh, Cliff Lee struck out Carlos Lee on a called third strike, and there was another strikeout. And so it's one zip right now, top of the second. Actually, Texas. fellas, they just went up two zip on a double. No ticket to the game tonight? That's no problem. You can join Joe Anderson for a live online chat tonight on 1500ESPN.com. You can break down the action with Mr. Fun and share your in-game opinions with other Twins fans all during the game. Join the live online chat tonight at 1500ESPN.com. Where's Fun going to be chatting from, guys? Well, I think he's going to be in his living room watching Yeah, he the might game. be at home. Yeah, it's seating's a little bit seating's a little bit crowded in the Oh really? In the Target Field press box. You should see how many New York media members were in there yesterday for the workout. Yeah, when you get the Yankees in town, and just uh, be grateful, ladies and gentlemen, that uh, Matsui no longer plays for them. Right. No oh, kidding. Man. It used to be a little more of a problem. Yeah. How about when the Angels came to town? Well, Tory Hunter was the buzz for local media, but there had to have been eighteen Japanese reporters here when the Angels came to town. At one point, you know, the elevator that goes from the, the yeah. bottom floor up to the press box. It's a pretty big industrial-sized elevator. At one point, the five or six of us local beat writers are waiting for the elevator, and 15 Japanese media members all come in, and we're looking at each other trying to decide how we're going to fit 20 people on this elevator. How would you? That's the toughest job in sports, though. Write 162 stories on Hideki Matsui uh, or Ichiro. Who's, at least Matsui's a nice guy. Ichiro's a jerk. Is he? Yeah, they don't like him. They yeah. like, uh, but they, he, they at least like, Ichiro uh, plays every day. Imagine yeah. writing 162 stories about Matsui when he only plays four days a week. I think if I was the Twins, though, I would uh, be in favor of not having him in the lineup. He always gave them some uh, Matsui, serious yeah. difficulties. Clutch hits too. Yeah, right. And uh, he's not a guy that's going to swing at pitches over his. Once in a while, you could get him to wave, but not real you often. Know, in that Yankee lineup, there's not that many. I don't even know if there is a rest period, but. Would you say it's probably Granderson against left if, if they play yeah. him even against lefties and then Gardner? Gardner has a little bit of yeah, pop. Yeah, he'll get a walk though. But you want to keep Gardner off the bases because he's really the only stolen base threat they have. Jeter can run a little bit. Granderson can run a little bit, not as much as before. You know, Gardner's the guy though. You know who's a much better player than he was about four years ago though? Swisher. Yeah. He's yes. gotten better. He's got some power. He gets some walks. He's kind of a little pain in the ass, but he's. Uh, He's had a pretty good. I think he hit 288, didn't he? And he got to like New York and, got some. and started playing like a Yankee. I mean, he yeah. was not that great with the White Sox. Well, you know, his reputation though in Oakland was taken. He was in that whole take walks, money ball thing. Well, to he the still point, is. he still walks. To, yeah, but to the point he wouldn't swing the bat. Mm -hmm. 
you know, when he was with the Cubs, he'd take strike three. He looked like Rich Becker, the second, you know, strike three, you're out. And then he, uh, you know, he's just, he was pretty good for him last year and very good for them this year. You want to hear something really inner ball right now? Really sure. inner ball sabermetric? Mm -hmm. When he hit 219 for the White Sox that season, it's yes. because he had the lowest batting average on ground balls of any hitter in baseball. Mm -hmm. That's useless. Thanks. It's it's unlucky. <laughs> it's well, unlucky I don't know. I saw him that year. He didn't look unlucky. He looked rotten. He never also got a hit when he wore a black undershirt. That's not a sabermetric stat, Corey. <laughs> Similar. It's close. He's a uh, better hitter than his daddy, though. Steve was his daddy, right, the catcher? Steve Swisher. Yeah, extra, always an extra catcher. Hit better than Sal Butera, but not too much. A lot of people can't stand Nick Swisher because he's really happy all the time. Hey, we got to check and make sure if we got a final roster yet for our Fighting Twins. I know Gardy said they were going to push it, but I would think that they now have it on their stat sheet who's who made the club. Huh? I'm not sure they're going to release that until they have to, though, because well, he doesn't want to have to answer questions about it, does he? About Baker, if they, about they can, Baker they, not making the roster. They can wait till after the media are done, but he'll probably tell media members anyways. Yeah, I would guess so. By then, uh, you know, Baker's Baker should be treated uh uh, I guess uh, as enough of an adult to handle it. So you know, I don't know what we're what we're worried about. And, and really, people were saying it was between Roush and Baker. I think Roush's bullpen session, from what I'm told, went well yesterday. Um, I think it's between Slowy and Baker, which means it's probably Slowy. Which well, means, but the quotes today were, "I've made up my mind. I just was told looking. Player, I yeah. was looking for a pitcher and I couldn't find him." Yeah. So he can find Baker. <laughs> Eventually, Baker's got to show. It's hard up, to right? miss that goatee. Yeah, and he was—he might have been hiding, but I still can't believe he's going to go with three utility infielders. It just makes no sense. Yeah, I—I I, I think he's in his mind. He has maybe three or four different players who he'd pinch run for in situations late in games, and if you pinch run for Tommy in the ninth inning of a tie game, and then you go to extra innings, you might want to bring in another defensive. Replacement run for somewhere Hardy, there might, Hardy right, and Kubel, I guess so, you could run for. But, but, man, alive. but really, the only time you're going to pinch hit for anybody in that lineup is if they, they're taken out of the game for a pinch runner, and then you pinch hit for the pinch runner. Yeah, That's why you'd want Morales on the well, I just want Morales in case, uh, you know, Maurer gets, hurt, Maurer gets sore, you know, and then you need two catchers. Right. It's only a five-game series, though, so how sore can you get over the next six or seven I days? I don't know. The other day, he left the batter's box and didn't play for ten days. So that was like two weeks ago. Yeah, well, September nineteenth, and ten days later, he finally returned, and he didn't even know I got hurt. Basically, so I, I don't know. It just doesn't make any sense. Morales is a better hitter than any one of those three guys, and uh, you know why? Why you need three guys who are the same player? I have I have no idea. Maybe the problem is Punto's the third best of the group, and he doesn't want. Punto not to be on the roster. Yeah, there's no way he leaves Punto off the roster. Well, don't you think that Tolbert, it was either Tolbert or Morales, though? It wasn't between Punto and Morales. No, and Casilla was, you know, Casilla did enough the last couple of weeks. And how can you tell a guy who just ripped a game-winning two-out single in the bottom of the ninth that he's not going to be on the playoff roster? That's true, but again, uh, it's probably not a big deal who the 25th guy is. No, because if, if, the, if, if the one through nine guys aren't hitting anyways, you're not going to win the series. All right. Uh, we will be back with Ricey and Mackey. We are at uh, Target Field Plaza. We're uh, enjoying the sunshine and a fine lunch obtained from Monte Carlo. So we'll be back. 
sunshine and 69 degrees. I'm John Hyatt with a 1500 ESPN Twin City Sports Update brought to you by Lexus of Maplewood.com. Twins will have to avoid repeating history if they hope to beat the Yankees in the ALDS that begins tonight here at Target Field. There are two, uh, they are 2-9 and nine against the Yanks in the first round of the playoffs. New York prevailed in 2003-2004 again last year when they went on to win the World Series for the 27th time. Yankee first baseman Mark Teixeira says that while they are confident, that doesn't mean they'll take the Twins lightly. No, not at all. Um, you know, we're the underdog this series. We're the, we're the road team. We have to go into their place and, and beat them at least once to win this series. So we have uh, we have a lot of work ahead of us. Twins catcher Joe Maurer says the Yankees have every right to be confident entering the postseason. They certainly deserve the right uh, to feel good about where they're at. And, uh, you know, they're a good ball club. But, uh, you know, I think our records were pretty comparable and we played the same teams. There is uh, one game going on this afternoon, and it is Texas and Tampa Bay. Right now, the Rangers lead two to zip. They're in the bottom of the second. Cliff Lee getting out of a bases-loaded jam with one out in the bottom of the first inning. Vikings have taken a big step toward revitalizing their vertical passing game. They acquired Randy Moss from New England today in exchange for a 2011 third-round draft choice. Vikings will also get a 2012 seventh-round pick from the Pats. The 33-year-old Moss began his career, of course, right here with the Vikings in 1998. Played here for seven seasons. He was traded to Oakland in 2000. 2005, where he spent two uneventful seasons, traded to the Pats in 2007. Vikings travel to Foxborough to face the Patriots on Halloween. Check out the reaction to the Moss trade at our website, 1500ESPN.com. Five Eyewitness News weather forecast, sunny 70 today, 48 overnight tonight, then a nice 73 tomorrow, perfect weather for the playoffs. Right now, it is sunny and 69 degrees. Uh, this update uh, has been brought to you. Let's see. What a great deal on Lexus's most popular SUV, the RX 350. Well, Lexus has just announced a special program on all remaining 2010 inventory. Lexus of Maplewood.com. That's your update here at 1500 ESPN Twin Cities. Engaging personalities on the Vikings and a big target of Brett Favre's last season with 11 touchdowns. Favre under center and he takes. Fires left side of the end zone. Touchdown to Shanko. Asante Shanko is now talking purple with Roycey and Mackey. Asante, are you willing to share the ball with Randy Moss? Is that a rhetorical question or what? <laughs> yeah, it's a rhetorical question, right? Yes, sir. How are you? I'm good, man. How you doing? Should be a pretty exciting day out there tomorrow, huh? Of course. Of course, man. Tremendous addition on our team, man. Definitely going to help our team um, get to that next level. Do you uh, Have you uh, had any dealings with him? Do you know Randy at all? Nah, 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 not at all. Not at all, but... um. You know, um, can't wait to get him in here, man, so um, we can get this ball rolling here. Shank, uh, you guys have a huge game on Monday night against the Jets. The Jets are one of the best teams in the AFC. It's a tough schedule going forward. What are some of the keys that you guys are focusing on against that tough defense? Well, you know what? Just like you said, it's a tough defense, tough, 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 tough defense. Very, very run, run stoppish, uh, you know, whatever you want to say. But, um... You know, one thing is that they throw a whole lot of looks at you, a whole lot of blitzes, a whole lot of stunts, and just craziness. It reminds me of the early, like the 2000 um, Baltimore Ravens defense almost, you know. Um, so they're pretty stout. Um, but when it comes to offense, you know, pretty good offense as well. You know, they're putting up points. So it's going to be a ball game out there. Did you uh, watch Hard Knocks at all, or isn't that your cup of tea? You know what? I can't watch Hard Knocks because I'm in camp my damn self. That's right. 
So um, if I was watching Hard Knocks and I knew everything about it, that means that I would be unfocused. <laughs> That's a good point. That is a good point. Well, uh, they certainly have a little bluster to them, the Jets, thanks to head coach Rex Ryan. Well, you know, that's all good. That has nothing to do with, you know, the few that's going to be on the field. It's, you know, it's going to be mono and mono on the field. So you know, they can have all the hype and all the, you know, all that, you know, but they're going to have to come see us. So uh, back to Moss, what, uh, what does a guy who's one of the great deep receivers of all time, what, what should it open up for you? Was he open up for the whole offense? Yeah, right, for the whole, not just him, for, for the whole offense. Yeah, um, I mean, to have that deep threat present and to make these defenses um, really, really scout him out and, and and have an answer for him, I mean, that opens up the whole offense tremendously, man. It opens up the middle of the field, you know, the passing game. Uh, definitely opens up the running game because they can't put, you know, 20 people in the box, you know, to stop Adrian. So, I mean, it just you know it just helps out tremendously, man. It even helps up helps um, helps our line and running backs and everybody pick up blitzes because you know they may um, may not do as much blitzes now. So it's just a whole lot of things that uh, Domino over from all coming. See, uh, Basante, uh, we were talking about this earlier today. You look around that locker room now. There's some uh, pretty prominent players in the history of the game right here. Favre, Moss, uh, Steve Hutchinson, Adrian Peterson's already got a bunch of records. You got some uh, star power in there. Hey, you know, we're a team, um, team with a lot of guys, with a lot of um, a lot of awards and a lot of, um, you know, attributes, man. So, you know, but the thing is that we got to transfer that into W though, you know, so we have to collectively you know, come together now. And um, that's, I, I feel, is the mode of, uh, you know, is the mission now for our team to get everybody on the same page so we can um, transfer that over to the field to start getting these W stuff from that point for offense. Shank, Jay Glazer came out with this stuff yesterday. In fact, actually, Bill Simmons tried to send a direct message tweet to somebody and it wound up going public. And then Glazer came out and said, okay, well, now that it's out there, this is what I've been sitting on all day with the Moss to the Viking stuff. How did you start to find out? Did you find out via Twitter, and, uh, and and did you text back and forth with teammates? What was the speculation like last night? Well, you know, when I first found out, I, I just finished with my episode um, of what he didn't go uh, over at Manny. Um, A-Rod was at, was at uh, that location last night, wasn't he? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep, A-Rod was right there. Um, you, know, I like, you know, I got a lot, of, a lot of people hitting me up on Twitter telling me, telling me all the bad things to do to A-Rod. <laughs> 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 that was all funny, man. You know, you know, that's all funny games. But then I was leaving, and then uh, Dave Schwartz um, pulled up beside me, uh, beside my car, and uh, he was like, "Yeah, man, what's all this talk about Randy Moss?" I was like, "Randy Moss?" No, I was like, "What are you talking about?" And then he was like, "Yeah, um, you know, it's, it's, it's weird that he might get traded here." I was like, "Well, damn, please come," you know. So then I checked out Twitter, you know, and I had a whole bunch of texts on Twitter, a whole bunch of uh, tweets on Twitter. Asked me about the Moss situation. I said, "Wow!" So it might happen. I woke up this morning and said the trade was done. How'd you get into the Twitter world, there, uh, Vasante? What uh, you seem to enjoy it a lot. Well, you know, I had to satisfy that social part of me, man, because I like to talk. Uh, you know, <laughs> so, you know, I just had to have somebody listen to me. You know, run my mouth. So I just started off with Twitter, man. Say, uh, Monday nights. Uh, do they? Uh, does that mean a lot to a player, or is it just like noon on Sunday? Um. Of course, it means a little bit more, you know, because it's nationwide. You know, you don't want to embarrass yourself or you don't want to put anything out there that's, that doesn't, you know, ac- accurately represent yourself. But, um, 
But at the same time, um, you know, you have to do what you got to do, man. So we got to win, period, and discuss it. So, you know, everything is for the team winning, man. But it is also a short week next week, um, you know, coming into the next game, especially if it's that Sunday because we only have that one day off instead of having two days off. Shank, we talked about this earlier in the show. I can't think of another owner in the NFL who does more for his team just from the standpoint of this is what we need to do, this is who we need to get to win games. Whether you go back and it was Bernard Berrien with the big contract, Steve Hutchinson before you arrived, uh, Brett Favre, and now the the rumors about Vincent Jackson a couple weeks ago, and then Moss winds up coming to town today. What's it like playing for an organization where you know they've got your back, and if somebody goes down, they're going to step up and replace that person or go out and grab free agents like like the ones I just mentioned? One thing they made our, our front office done a tremendous job, man. I mean, they bring people in here because they know that we all want to win, including them. So, like, we're all on the same page when it comes to that. And I trust them for that because every, every transaction they've made, I mean, has come through. So, um, definitely, I, you know, and, and the team has full trust in the front office, man. How did so, that um, uh, that week of therapy go? Are you uh, 100%? Uh, you know, I can't talk about it. You've got to ask Coach about that, man. But tremendous progress has, you know, has been made in this all season. And you ex- you expect to, you expect to be on the field Monday night? <laughs> you got to ask Coach about that. Man. <laughs> He's trying to get me, man. He's trying to get me. We just care about your well-being. Yeah, I mean, that's really. right. If you need us to come over and, and if you need a couple more massage guys, you know, it's, <laughs> you, know you let us know. Uh, I wouldn't go that far. What, uh, so did you manage to accomplish anything then because of all the therapy during the bye week? Do you have any fun at all? You know what, man? You know, just like I was telling people, man, I think my vacation in the offseason, man. Right now, I, you know, I'm, like, I just feel like I have some work to do and I have a lot of improvement to make. So, you know, all that, all, you know, all those vacations and stuff like that, it'll, it'll come, man. But I'm just focused on the goal, man. I'm not going to get derailed. I'm, I'm on the train right now. Okay, Manny's. I hope you got the lobster cakes. Man, lobster cake. You got to get the um, the uh, scallop Benedict. Ooh, I haven't had that. that Sounds good. Uh, get that. It's all the chains, man. You know, all the chains. You can even ask my girl. My girl was there too last night, man. We we feasted. <laughs> Those lobster cakes are hard to beat, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No doubt, no doubt, man. That's her favorite. All right, sir. Well, uh, it should be wild out at Winter Park tomorrow. It'll be uh, there'll be a lot of cameras out there looking for we're looking for responses. Yeah, I'll be looking for the helicopter, man. <laughs> okay, right. thank you. Thanks, Shank. Vasanti right. Shanko, the uh, Vikings tight end, is with us on Tuesdays. Normally, talking purple. We did a little switch all this week because uh, Tuesday was a practice day and today was the day off. We'll uh, hope to have him again next Tuesday after the ball game. Yeah, I left a message for his agent. I jumped in late on that interview. Did I hear you were having lobster cakes with his girlfriend last night, Pat? No. No. He was having lobster cakes he was. with his girlfriend. In fact, he found out he was at, was it Manny's? Is that where he was at last night? A Rod was there as well. So, really? Um, I can guarantee you that if there were a nice plate of lobster cakes in front of me and his girlfriend was there, she'd be safe. <laughs> <laughs> You'll think she'd be safe regardless? <laughs> I'd be going at those lobster cakes, man. Is his girlfriend coming this year? Last year it was Kate Hudson. This year it's uh, A Rod's girlfriend? No, no, no. Yeah. We're talking no, about no, Shane. We're, we're talking about Shane. No, I know, but did he say A Rod was there last night? Yes, he did. He, he said A Rod was there. We had no personal information on who who his companion might have been, okay. but it's certainly not Kate Hudson. He no, was dating Cameron, Cameron Diaz. Cameron Diaz. Yeah, but they say that's over too. Well, I think Kurt Russell's going to come regardless. He just wants the seats. 
Remember last year he was here just kind of being an awkward third wheel? Because at, at, at the Metronome? Yeah. That's right. She, we Passing through the hallways downstairs after the, the during the celebration for the Yankees, I bumped into Kate Hudson. Yeah, she asked you know my what? she asked for my phone number. I'm like, Kate, I gotta go. I got some media. You stuff know to what do the here. lesson is here, guys? If you want to hook a great baseball player, high profile, don't go down and sit in the third row and make a spectacle out of yourself. Go back and sit in the back of the suite. Minka Kelly's gonna get married to Derek Jeter mm -hmm. in November, right? You no, know, that's right. that's the Kate cool was thing. hanging all over this guy, and he dropped her. That's the cool thing about about Jeter. Jeter dates supermodels and actresses. Never talks about it. But he doesn't flaunt it. it. He keeps it behind the scenes. They tell me the happiest days of Kachuk Knobloch's life, though, were the first two or three years he was in New York, and he and Derek were tight. He was his wingman there. For oh, a while. so he Chuck, was getting the scrap. Chuck <laughs> Knobloch was Derek Jeter's wingman. Did Chuck, uh, Chuck was doing, uh, you know, was uh, was uh, just had a smile on his face I'm guessing all the time. Chuck played the enforcer role as the wingman. Well, he that's couldn't throw uh, it first, but he uh, could. Uh, then he then he, he got hitched again, and that didn't work out too well. No, so. not at, ended in a bad domestic assault, didn't yes, it? Yes, it did. Yeah. It uh, prevented him from being here for the top 50 that's players. Right. Uh, he had <laughs> other right. uh, objects. All right, we shall return with Ricey and Mackie. Oh, give us the roster info. Yep, Scott Baker is on the Twins postseason roster for the ALDS, and Kevin Slowey is Not. the odd man out, we're told. Kevin yeah. Slowey, odd man out. John Roush. Is on the roster, correct? Yes. And uh, Scott Baker is on the roster, but Kevin Slowey is not. And only a three-man taxi squad. They're uh, not uh, bringing uh, Clay Condry, and the boys aren't going around with him. Uh, Good. Jose Morales. He still owes him for the beer. Didn't didn't make the roster. Jose Morales didn't make the roster. He went with the three infielders. Uh, Kevin Slowey and Glenn Perkins are the players they have asked to uh, stay with them. I would imagine if they tell you we want you that uh, you pretty well have to go along, right? Oh, yeah. Wouldn't you want to? Oh, of well, course. Well, maybe if you're slow, you want to, say, take a long walk off a short pier, but well, know, that, that prevents him from being ready to go the next round. And again, so. if you're, if you're slow, I know he had some elbow issues, but you did bring it upon yourself for the most part with inconsistent pitching. Baker was inconsistent, but the fact is, and maybe, maybe I'm wrong on this, but Baker signed to a four-year contract at seniority. He was the number one starter heading into the season. If it's a toss-up between the two, Baker probably deserved the roster spot. I can't argue with you, although I would have went with Slowey. Okay. Because I think he's going to throw strikes out of the bullpen, but I don't think it makes – again, just like the just like the 14th position player, the 11th pitcher probably doesn't make much difference. So We'll be back, Ricey and Mackey, on a beautiful day for baseball. All that football knowledge, that useless football knowledge, may finally pay off. Compete in 1500 ESPN's Thursday Night Football Trivia with Tom Pelissero and Phil Mackey. Sponsors by Coors Light at sports bars all around town. You could walk away with $100 cash or $150. Shop NFL.com gift card. Check out the station's event page at 1500ESPN.com for the Thursday Night Football Trivia location this week with Coors Light and 1500 ESPN Twin Cities. All right, uh, Chili is going to talk about Shanko at, not Shanko, I got Shanko on the mind, I can't Moss. get the, the <laughs> fact that you wanted to give him a massage, I can't get that out of my mind, uh, Randy Moss, him, he's going to talk about Randy Moss at 2.30, and then uh, Moss will uh, be at Winter Park tomorrow, it is expected, and we'll have a media availability, and uh, those things are always interesting. Oh, when the, Randy starts rambling, you never know. Yeah. 
he can go from uh, point A to point Z and back to about K before he's finished. Between he and Brett Favre, those press conferences, and Favre's were starting to get a little bit stagnant, but I have a feeling they're going to be a lot more exciting now. I used to think he was a, a street-smart guy. Favre uh, or Moss? Moss. And then uh, after the uh, incident with the gal downtown. Traffic cop, the meter maid. Remember that? They made him come in and apologize. Were you around then? Yeah. And he did the nine and a half minutes, and he, he came off as a complete knothead. Yeah. And uh, I'm wondering, maybe maybe he is dummy. I don't know. Well, he can catch passes down the field. It doesn't really matter. Oh, yeah. Well, what the hell? You throw out every, every wide receiver who's kind of stupid. You wouldn't have many left, would you? And, yeah, you know, when he left... Did you think there is any chance he would ever come back to the Vikings? You know, I don't see it as that outrageous. I really don't because it's a completely different ownership. It's a desperate ownership to, uh, you know, people are, you're, you're very excited that Ziggy will do anything. But I think Ziggy's got himself backed in a corner here. He's four and a half million. He's got to throw another four and a half million into the pot to try to, uh, try to get this done because think of, all the money they've spent and all the effort they put into a stadium if they go 9-7 and seven and don't make the playoffs. Right, but their mindset is also, we've come this far, we've spent this much money already. Yeah, As constructed, because Sidney Rice is still on crutches, they weren't a Super Bowl-caliber team. They needed another receiver down the field, whether it was Rice returning or trading for Vincent Jackson or making this trade. They didn't really have a choice. If Moss was available for a third-round pick, they didn't have a choice. If they go 1-3 and three and are 2-5 and five and miss the playoffs, what kind of a gloom is going to settle in at Winter Park and Ziggy out in New Jersey where the commercial real estate business isn't yeah, like yeah. you'd hope. It'll be bad. You know, things fans in this market have for years complained about, oh, you know, the big markets and they go buy championships. You've got a Twins team right now with a $100 million payroll yes. and a football owner that is paying as much as he possibly can Aren't for they a Super Bowl. third in the league before this? In, I, in, didn't I just read third or fourth in, in the league? Uh, right? Highest salary. salary. Yeah, so because top five these are the good years sure. right here. Yeah, oh, they are. Ziggy's, uh, he's gone crazy. He likes to do that little Ziggy dance after they go to the playoffs. <laughs> yes. That Dom DeLuise thing he did. Do you remember the greatest photo ever, the Star Tribune photo of him? Looked like Dom DeLuise yeah. in Blazing Saddles there. Come Fair on, enough. sissy boys. You know, better than Tom Benson with a parasol, right? <laughs> There's a lot of scenarios where the Vikings could wind up going 1-3 and three in the next couple games and go 2-5 and five to start, like you said, and that would be a disaster, but... Let me give you four reasons why that won't happen. Randy Moss, number one, is motivated again. Every time he's gone somewhere and he's been motivated, he is one of the best receivers in the NFL. I don't care if he's 30, yeah, 30 but, 30, but 30, what did he do old. at Oakland? Did, did he, he have a good first few weeks? His quarterbacks were Andrew Walter and Aaron Brooks. I know, but everybody says everywhere he's gone, he's been good at the start. Well, he's, at, he's only been two places. Well, here in New England, because Oakland, everybody wants to throw that out. So... Every time is twice. Okay, but you've seen it happen twice. Brett Favre is the quarterback, not Andrew Walter this time around. Adrian Peterson's the running back, and the defense oh, is one of the best. I, I agree with you, but I'm saying it's not like he has a long history of. He's only been with three teams, and the first and uh, Oakland was a throwout because he was pouting the whole time he was there, and uh, you know when he can pout, he's 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 a strange dude. But he's, uh, he's going to be lights out. Oh, he is. He is. He's going to be very good. I would think. Uh, now it'll be interesting if he's lights out Monday night against Daryl Rivas. You know, Rivas might show us how good he is. Right? Rivas might feel that hamstring tighten up yeah. in practice oh, this week. He's not that kind of guy. Rivas Island might be shut down this week. Well, I, I think he wants a piece of. Him. Is he even? Is he for sure going to play? 
Rivas? I don't he think that's it for is. sure, is it? Well, I don't think it's for sure. I think he's questionable. He might have the Deion Sanders turf toe scenario. He could. Oh, my toe hurts. I have the TA. He's gone against him previously, right? Rivas or? Yeah. Yeah. Two weeks ago. I saw weeks, one stat ago. I saw they came up with today guys that have played two straight Monday nights. And there's only like, I think that, uh, I don't know who looked it up, but they said Keith Browner was the only other one, Joey's brother. Okay. I didn't know his brother played in the NFL. Yeah, he was a linebacker from Notre Dame. Oh, really? And, and, and not much of a player, but but this is, you know, this two Monday nights in a row is uh, rather unusual. Uh, Revis did shut Moss down twice last season, remember? I mean, Revis shut everybody down last year, Moss twice. But Moss got the best of him on that catch in the end zone last week. Well, the uh, the, the ratings are going to be uh, ESPN has plenty of reasons to smile about their empire. Well, and this, this will be more. Favre, Peterson, Moss. This is a sexy team. Jared Allen. You know, I mean, they are good-looking guys, aren't no, they? No, but <laughs> on paper, oh, this you is... Ma- I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah, not, this isn't the conversation we had two <laughs> hours ago where you were talking about how good-looking all the guys were. This <laughs> this is a team that can this really pack 98 all over yeah, again. Yeah, it could you know, be. Robert Smith, is, was as good as he was, he wasn't Adrian Peterson. With a much no. better defense than 98, for sure. Hey, yeah, this, this morning, true. I jumped on and did a quick little hitter with the, the, the San Diego, whatever the main sports station in San Diego is. And there was four guys. Chris Chandler was one of the hosts on that show this really? morning. Mm-hmm. And Chris goes, hey, Phil, Chris Chandler here. Uh, you know, I, I spent some time. I got to play against Moss in 1998, his rookie <laughs> yes, year. And I cut, him, I cut him off. I said, yeah, you did, didn't you, Chris? <laughs> I got a call at 915 this morning from ESPN Radio saying, can you go on right now? And I thought it was with Colin Cowherd, the, you know, the thing where they go around. Around, yeah. And they put me on hold, and it's, it was two guys from Omaha. It was ESPN Radio Omaha, and I had no idea. Until right. Well, don't you on. hate that when, yeah. you had to, when <laughs> stations name themselves ESPN? Yeah. Anyway, uh, the uh, was uh, what? What'd you say that to Chris Chandler? That by the way, that was one of the five great performances in the history for a quarterback to come in here and not have any false starts and not yeah. have any delays of game. That was uh, that was a magnificent effort. The way he ran that offense. Yeah, he did. The other guy on that show was Bency Glenn, by the way. Wow. Remember Bency Glenn? Yeah. Oh yeah, the, former the, Viking. The great. wayback machine said you might want to call your agent and see if there's a dime a dime uh, defense <laughs> scenario for you to come back and play in. We liked Bency for about six weeks. Didn't sure. We? Yeah. At one time, I thought we thought he would, we got him from the Jets. I was Wasser Wasawanga on that? On uh, actually, uh, Jimmy Hitchcock was. Okay. Yep. Wasser. <laughs> Jimmy Hitch. Forty-one zero, Waswa, first name that comes. Randy Moss, number one. <laughs> Forty-one donut, Waswa, running around like an idiot. Number two. All right, you go in there and find out some info about the twins. I will and, indeed. Uh, we'll be back with sports talk. Such and the rookie are in the house. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. The College Football Playoff Committee made their decision on Sunday, and as much as I loathe the idea of Ohio State losing their way into the College Football Playoff, I one hundred percent agree with OSU making it in over Bama. Nick Saban citing some hypothetical point spreads to prove his point that the tie deserve a spot in the college football playoffs holds little substance when you consider Bama's best win is over Texas. No, the committee got it right. TCU had a great season with far more ranked wins than Bama and didn't deserve to lose their spot after playing a surging Kansas State in a championship game. And Ohio State, while not playing some of their best ball later in the season, was still 12-0 until they came face-to-face with my Wolverines. While the college football playoff system isn't nowhere near as good as it could be, it's better than what we had. And in a few years, it will be better for all of college football. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at betonline.net. 
And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. And don't forget BetOnline for the NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts.